Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Welcome, man. My name is Simon, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. Let's get into the show without wasting any time with me is Antonio Centeno. Welcome. Hey, Simon. Great to be here. Antonio is a men's style expert and founder of Real Men, Real Style, a website dedicated to educate the average men about style. He went from no online presence to building a huge email list of 700,000 subscribers on YouTube. Let's jump right in, Antonio. If you could teach everyone in the world one thing, something you learned throughout the years, what would it be? I would be very clear that it's not one thing that makes you a successful entrepreneur. We all want shortcuts and we want uh, we want it to be easy, but it's not. It is daily getting better and realizing that you're taking two steps forward, one step back, sometimes two steps back, and you don't go anywhere. But to be you know consistent and to always try to be better than you were the day before, and it's it's a tough journey. But it is the most rewarding journey you can go on. Yes, success is not guaranteed and there are no shortcuts. Tell me about those small steps you were talking about. You know, I think that's the key is just simply taking action and realizing that, you know, that, that not all things are of equal value. That's an early I was just talking with an entrepreneur right before this call, and she has so many things she wants to do. I always recommend and you can just Google it, the Eisenhower matrix or the priority matrix. You need to identify those things which are screaming at you but are not important and throw like just say no. Realize those things have to be ignored. You need to focus in on things which are important and urgent and important and not urgent. And that latter, the second one is most important because the important things that are not urgent will eventually, you know, those are the things that we need to get done. But because they don't scream at you, you keep putting them to the side and you don't do them. And I can't tell somebody what is important, what is not. I know for me, one of the things that I have, I've got my do not do list. I tell you, I don't, I try not to spend much time in email. That is, you know, I don't spend much time on social media. Yet, if you look out there, you just mentioned I've got like 600 some on thousand subscribers on YouTube. I know we've got, you know, Facebook pages with almost 100,000 followers and all this other stuff. I don't go in there. I don't spend time. And I was just talking to a woman who says, gosh, you're prolific on LinkedIn. I'm laughing because I log into LinkedIn once a month, but I do have people who I have, you know, I figured out what's the return on investment and I've got an assistant. One of them, she's a social media, media manager. I trained up very well and she goes in and she speaks with my voice and she makes things happen. At the same time, they are kind of watching out. We get, you know, 200 emails a day. I said, you know, email is a big time waste. I had 200 personal messages a day and people are just so nice. They're so friendly. They come to me and they're like, Antonio, you know, your videos have changed my life. Antonio, I love your emails. Antonio, I love your blog posts. Yada, you know, they love, they love my stuff, love my infographics. But I tell you, you know, I wouldn't be able to create that stuff if I spent time just always answering. So what I, you know, I've set up systems so I can still be reachable, but you have to jump through a few hoops. You've got to, you've got to actually, you know, ask that great question. Because what I discovered is, you know, people, they, they need help, but the vast majority of them, you know, really, they don't, they don't care about me. They care about how I help them solve their problem. And if I can do that, if I can scale that, I can make a huge difference in this world. When was your first hire? 
The first one was probably by accident. And uh, you, you mentioned you're over in uh, Europe. Uh, actually, it was – so my wife's Ukrainian and I had a friend over in Ukraine and I know he was looking for work. I needed some help. He didn't have any experience really in the tech and he didn't have a tech background. But I'm like, you know, Yuri, can you help me make this stuff happen? They say that all Ukrainians are good tech people. So oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> but it seems like you get a lot of uh, you know people I find of Eastern European descent. I think it's just the schooling and the way that they think. But I'm like, Yuri, you are a music major – you can figure this stuff out, man. You, and so he did. He was able to help me like basically dealing with propagating websites on WordPress, basic stuff, you know, that I just didn't want to deal with. And from there, I realized it was a small amount. I was paying him every month. And I can tell you now I pay him 10 times what I initially paid him because he's worth it. And we've expanded, you know, now I've got 10 people like him all over the world who are very specialized and they have their things that they have to do. But, you know, from a social media manager to an email manager to and I've got backups for those. I cross train people because I realize I don't want to be doing that stuff. I need to focus in on the things that matter in my business. So you set your business up in a way so you have time to focus on the things that matter to you. Yeah, you know, I've got the same 168 hours that every single person has. But I've got I've got four young kids. I've got a wife I love and I want to spend time with, and I've just made a decision and I've got this sign up here. Is this project worth time I could be spending with my family? And I've just become really good at saying no. I mean, I, I really want to help people and I want, I get people that, that somehow find my phone number and calling me all the time. I just don't answer the phone unless I have a set time with you and I know who you are. I, I just can't do it because if I say yes to you, you know who I say no to? And they, I say no to my four-year-old, Ariana, or I say no to my, 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 my 11-year-old, you know, Sasha. This, tonight, I'm missing one of his games, and I'm real, really bad about that. But, you know, I make almost all of his other games, and I've got a video I need to film, and, you know, we'll, we'll make it up, and I can do that. But I, I do realize I'm very conscious of I've got a limited amount of time with, with my kids and with my wife. And if I'm going to make an impact, I have to say no most of the time. Antonio, you've been in the game of entrepreneurship for a while. Let's go back. There seems to be a time in every entrepreneur's life when they realized one of two things about themselves. That they just couldn't work for someone else anymore, or they had this huge calling to make a big difference. Um, which side of the fence you see yourself on, Antonio? And take us back when you discovered it. Well, I don't know if I'm on either side of those, but I am in the area of I got fired from a job and I knew that no one would hire me. And I'm like, I didn't, I, I realized that for what I wanted and I just wasn't going to get there. So, uh, you know, here I am, I, I just showed up to a town, bought a house and I'm fired within three months of working as the CFO at a manufacturing plant. And I realized, you know, my goals, my ambitions, they're just not, I'm just, the only way I'm going to reach that, everything I read, everything I learned, because I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs, everything said that, you know, business ownership and starting your own company is the surest path to wealth. And I don't, honestly, I'm not, I'm not like Scrooge McDuck. I don't dive in and like love to play around with money. I do love checking my account balances and I love seeing it grow. But to me, money is a representation of freedom. And I want the freedom to be able to easily travel the globe with my family. Like I said, my wife is European, so we got to go back to Ukraine every year. We're going to go back there actually to live this fall for a while and just, you know, raise the kids over there, get them uh, to really get to know their family. I want the freedom that I, I don't have to worry. I've had to worry about paying my mortgage and I never want to have to worry about that again. 
It's not something I enjoy because there are bigger problems out there. You know, you I at some point I'm going to get sick and I'm going to die. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but I want to be I want my family prepared for it. I want, you know, and that's what I, you know, I we're going to have something is going to happen. Uh, you know, I'm I really hope nothing happens direct, directly to my family, but we have had things just happen and I want to be that rock in my family that whenever we need 5,000 bucks for something, whenever we need $10,000 for something, I'm, you know, it's not a big deal. I can make it happen. And I've been really proud that I've been able to start doing that because I, you know, that to me is where I'm making a difference and I'm adding value to my direct family. And that's what drives me. Right after you got fired, tell me about the first few years when you were grinding and trying to make it work. Tell me about those times. Oh, it was tough. 80 hour weeks trying to figure it out, uh, making lots of mistakes. Looking back, I mean, I, I was very hard headed and I kept hitting my head against things and trying to make things work that weren't going to work. I shut down my first business. Um, it's called a tailored suit. The website's still there. It gets about a hundred thousand visitors still a month and I don't really do anything with it. It's, I guess, a lead magnet now and I've turned it into an information portal. But, uh, I just, I discovered that, you know, I kept trying to push on a business model and instead of focusing on, I heard a great quote about bet on the horse that wins and, you know, focus on in your business what works. And I realized I'm pretty good at content creation. I enjoy, you know, putting, t- taking style and being able to figure out like new ways to approach it, like taking like, I don't know, business school models or making, you know, style, breaking out into formulas that make it really kind of easy for a guy to understand. And I'm like, and guys like that. So I'm like, okay, well, let's do this in a manner. We, we played with infographics. We still do that and we get pretty good traffic there. But I found that video was my natural fit. It was such an easy, John Doom was over at Entrepreneur on Fire. I was speaking with him. Um, we were on another business together called High Speed Low Drag to help veterans. And we were talking about this and he's like, some things are just an easy lift and you got to find, and, and you're going to trip over a lot of things, but you're going to find something that you do that you're really good at. And it's easy for you to do. And don't fight that. Just run with it. For him, it's podcasting. For me, it's video creation. I I don't mind getting in front of the camera. I can just film. I, I film video. I feel I can speak pretty good on my feet and I can just make videos. And that right there has become one of the most profitable parts of my business is the video creation. I want to touch on a point, which is a myth that a lot of people fall into often, that we have to be perfect from the start. Antonio, even though you were natural with producing video content, it wasn't easy for you, I assume. Uh, I mean, my first videos sucked. My first 50 videos sucked. If you look at some of my videos, I'm yellow. I think I'm green in some of my videos. It looks like I have jaundice in some of my videos. And... Uh, but I get, you get better. And to this every single day, I'm trying to get better. Right now, my good friend, Aaron Marino over at Alpha M Image Consulting. I mean, this guy, he's got over a million, almost 2 million subscribers. And I mean, he's just killing it on YouTube. And he's really pushed me to improve. And it's tough because you see things that work. But on the other hand, you want to stay true to your message and not, as I view it, sometimes sell your soul. Uh, so, you know, one thing he's pointed out, you know, you need to have better thumbnails and you need to have better titles. And sometimes, yeah, I'm like, I get so specific in what I'm talking about that honestly, it applies to a very small segment of men. And that's why we wouldn't get crazy views. But I started to learn that YouTube's algorithm is looking for you consistently to hit really good. And I'm like, well, can I deliver my message and be a little bit more? Yeah. You know, I had a guy the other day, 
unsubscribe where he's like, you, you're just putting out clickbait now. And I'm thinking about this. I'm like, this guy's never bought a product from me. He's, you know, I obviously heard his feelings because I mean, he, you know, wrote to me. But I looked under that video and it had, you know, it was like 98% thumbs up, 2% thumbs down. And I really gave my heart and soul in that video. I'm like, you know, some people are just not going to like you, especially as you start to shift from where you started. But, you know, you're not doing this for random people that you'll never meet on YouTube or out there on the web. You're doing this for, you've got to have your why. You've got to have your definition and you just got to keep moving forward. Yes, this really gives us hope for, for us regular people that we don't have to be perfect from the start. And it's a learning process. Um, Antonio, when you put out content and um, you don't see the results you're looking for, how do you know that something is worth your time and money and energy? All right. Well, I've only been in this, I like to think, for about eight years. So, in you know, you say long, long time. I'm like, man, it's like maybe it's like 100 years old. But I would say <laughs> go back and look at what works. Uh, I mean, the thing, if your stuff isn't working, understand that you're, you're throwing it out there in the market. And first you need to realize it's probably something you're doing. You know, it, it, we have an ego. We want to believe we're all special snowflakes and that, you know, a lot of, you know, it, it is something it's tough to swallow. And I fail most of the time, seven to eight out of 10 projects I work on still fail. But what people seem to notice or people pay attention to are the ones that do really well. And so fail fast, move on, you know, have your numbers and don't, you know, don't give up too quick, especially if you believe in it. But I'm always testing things. And when I see something that works really well, I, I zero in on it and I try to get my team. And that's been the hardest thing is now to get my team to be a little bit more agile into focusing on our winning projects. Uh, I mean, a great success we just had the other day for the longest time, we had no Facebook group. We had Facebook pages and things, but I just like, okay, I opened up a Facebook group. I, I sat there for a year, like three people. And finally, I just announced it in a video in my email list within a week, 10,000 members in this Facebook group. And I'm just like, holy cow. Like, so I'm kicking myself for not doing this sooner, but you know, it was a very, it was something we just tested. Um, you know, we've got now systems in place, to, but, but I'm realizing this is a great, like I'm not monetizing it to its full potential, but I like Facebook groups because they get a lot more reach, I think, than Facebook pages. And what's cool about these groups is that it, it's just a deeper connection with your audience. And now I'm like posting videos there early so that people can give me feedback, but also because we get a lot of good indicators, they give me feedback on infographics and images, which is helping my artists do their job better. So, you know, getting back to the content creation, if you don't see your stuff working, then, you know, try something else, experiment. Don't, you know, don't be hitting your head up against the wall. Like your video production, if you're putting videos out there and you put out a hundred videos and you're still only getting, I don't know, 10 views per video. Like, do you only have 10 friends? Why aren't you promoting this to your mom? Why isn't your mom passing this around? And people, you know, a lot of people there, they need to truly, do you really believe in what you're talking about? That, you know, cause a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to share it with my family and friends or my personal network. Well, you should believe in believe in what you're doing enough to be able to share with them because that's where it's all going to start. Antonio, you're in the men's style industry, which is quite unique uh, niche or industry to be in. Why this one? Well, I, I kind of fell into it and I saw opportunity. I entered it as a mercenary. Um, I saw, I just thought that I could go in and it, it just seemed low hanging fruit. I remember meeting a 
traveling tailor when I was at the University of Texas. And this guy told me that he made half a million dollars working six months out of the year. So that was how I got into the fashion industry. After I lost my job at Texas, I thought, you know, this guy had a fourth grade education out of India. I think I can do a little bit better than him and I can build this up. And I, I, I didn't know much about suits. So I taught myself. I didn't have a, a degree in fashion or style. I just simply was self-taught, went out there, read a lot of books, I'm a big believer in just educating yourself. And the more I got into it, the more I realized, you know, it actually connects to everything. And that's when I realized, uh, you say my industry specific, but the people I, I engage with, they have broad things that they're into. And, and that's what I discovered is that I'm able to capture and engage and build trust with somebody who buys all types of things. And we just got a sponsor the other day, audible.com. You've heard of audible, right? Yeah. It's an Amazon company. Yet why are they advertising with me? Because they realize that my audience, he cares about style, but he also reads, he listens to audiobooks. Uh, you know, we, we've got insurance companies we're speaking with. We've got car companies we're speaking with because my people drive, my people buy insurance. And you realize that you can, you know, build an audience anywhere and realize that these people, you know, they, you can, it's about trust and it's about really delivering value. And, and then you can simply make recommendations. I mean, there's so many ways to monetize with this. I hope you don't mind, but I want to take a bit of a different approach, you know. There's a lot of new mediums coming and going, and there's a lot of business owners in the audience. So what is something that's really working for your business right now? I would say really get grabbing people's attention, headlines and thumbnails um, on video. That's one thing I've been, I'm focused on this summer is getting up the average view of my video. And like when you send out an email, a lot of times people spend a lot of time we spend so much time focused in on the actual written content, which I, I'm not going to say is not important, but where I was missing the ball is nobody would read or less people would read my stuff because they weren't, they, they I didn't grab their attention with the title. And so you, it is unfair and as cruel as this sounds, you've got to think through the process of how people discover you and not be afraid if you've really got a strong message, if you've got something great to, in this crowded world, find a way to break to the front. And it doesn't have to be a headline or a thumbnail. It could simply be that you actually go to a live physical event to find those JV partners for you to actually, so many people, like we have a conference out in Atlanta called StyleCon and me and Aaron Marino, we're partners and we run it together. People view us as competitors. We're, I, I call the guy every day and we're, we're like learning from each other. And the thing is, is, you know, we're strengthened because we come together and we bring who, you know, the rest of our competitors, AKA, you know, AKA competitors to this conference. And they all, we all hang out together and we speak, we have a good time and we really are trying to build up this industry. But I'm always amazed that people that want to work with me, but yet they're too, they, they're not going to travel out to, to come out and meet, meet with us. And I think that if you can form, you, you can find that way to, to that partner or to that business or to that customer and really build that trust, which I always think in person is best beyond that video, uh, long, you know, sending out multiple emails, you know, you know, build that trust. Yeah. And those one-on-one -on -one relationships are so important. And it seems like you have so many things going on, projects, uh, businesses, and you still have time for everything and you do everything really well, Antonio. Tell me about your work ethic. Well, you, you need to condition yourself. It, it's something that you can lose and you can gain. Sometimes I, I go through right now, I feel I am out of my best work. I'm not 
up, I'm not living up to what I need to. I used to be a little bit more disciplined, but honestly, you know, I'm at a point in my business and I think it's 50 cent talks about this in the, uh, the book, the 50th law, the most dangerous thing for a man and, and maybe and women in general. Sorry. I, you know, I target men. So I usually talk to men directly, but uh, the most dangerous thing is your mind going soft and that it's really easy to happen, especially when you start to see success in entrepreneurship. You start to have opportunities come to you. You start to make enough money that honestly, you're you're doing fine. You don't need, you know, once you're paying yourself a set amount, like, do you need to really make more or everyone seems to be happy? I want to spend more time with my family and my kids. But then you also realize that, you know, you're slowing down and I don't want to, you know, I still have a lot of goals I want to achieve. So I'm, I think it's need, it's something that you need to be able to hone right now. I'm actually in today. I'm actually interviewing two people for an accountability coach position. And I simply want someone to help me get back to that high level. So you need to condition yourself. You need to train yourself, but, and you need to, if need be, you know, call in someone to help hold you. It's not about you just being mentally strong because we, it's like a glass of water, your mental capacity you're going to use it. You only have so much in a day. And once you drink through that glass of water, you're done for the day. Um, and if you spend that time early on, you know, doing again, doing things that don't matter. So make sure you've got that do not do list. If you're spending your most important time on that, you're, you're losing all your willpower. And, uh, and yeah, it's something you need to train up. So when you're getting yourself an accountability partner, what does this job description read and what kind of skills are you looking for? You know, I, I threw it out there. I put it in one of my videos. So I got 200 applications in a period of about two days. So I was a bit overwhelmed. But again, I had great assistance that helped me weed through. And I only had to look at the top uh, 20%. And I quickly looked for them. I'm looking for someone that has a track record. That's something like I can't, you can't predict the future based off the past, but I can see if somebody already is writing and blogging about this and already like the guy that I'm probably going to go with, he already has been developing a course and he's written about productivity and accountability for 10 years. You know, I have a feeling if he's done this for 10 years, he can work with me for 10 months and he's probably going to stick to it versus, you know, when someone comes in and just tells you what they're going to do, that's, that's good. But that's not as good as someone that you can see what they've done. And then when somebody comes in to a busy person and simply says, you know, hey, can you tell me more? I don't have time for that. That was the those were the worst ones. Or if somebody came in and said, because I did offer a thousand bucks to anyone, I'm going to pay them straight up front. Like that was the title of my video was how to make a thousand bucks in a week. And I talk about, well, you get someone you just simply you get a job from someone and you get them to pay up front. You know, that's, that's a very easy way to make an extra thousand bucks quickly. Uh, now you got to deliver and things. And, and so I am taking a risk on that. But again, I can see the guy's track record. I can see he's already developing a course. And why would he risk his reputation of 10 years for a thousand dollars? So all those things go into my mind when I'm making my decision. But the worst thing, you know, is when someone comes in and as entrepreneurs, this drives us nuts when someone says, Hey, well, I need a job. Can you give me one? It's like, are you, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, don't do that if you're ever out looking for a job. So, what's the plan long term? If you get yourself a partner, will he or she check in on you once a week or is it Skype or tell me more about that? Well, I don't want it to be like an app, I don't want it to just be emails because honestly, I ignore emails. You know, it's like I, I don't have time for more email, you're going in the wrong path. No, we're gonna, we need to have a Skype call or a phone call, and so many people are afraid 
again, to meet people in person, they don't, or they, they're, people just don't like getting on the phone nowadays. But you know what? That's a very valid form of communication, especially if you, if someone, if someone in your family, Simon, were to pass away, how do you want to get that? Text or a phone call? Well, I guess uh, in person would be the best. And preferably in person. Yeah. Whenever, you know, a military guy would, uh, whenever someone would, would die in the military, we would send so you know, soldiers or Marines or sailors directly to the, their door, you know, with a chaplain. It is something that, so why, you know, if, if that's the way you really want to emotionally, I mean, if you've got a real strong message, you know, why aren't you using that channel? Yes, it takes a lot more resource, but you know what? It has a lot more effect. It seems like mentors have played a huge role in your life. Uh, Antonio, when is the right time to hire yourself a mentor? I, I would think you got to have, uh, you got to have a look, make it, you've got to have tasted some success because other, because otherwise you're going to waste their, their time. Like you, you need to be have put in the time and the effort to be able to ask the right questions. Because if you're asking bad questions, you're, you're going to get, you know, either a mentor that, that, and not all mentors are, are, are good. You know, it's like, because if you want a good mentor, you're going to have to rise up to his level. A good coach is expensive because they're a good coach and, you know, they, they simply have a lot of demand. Um, there, there are diamonds out there that you can find. But I would say first, you have to put in the time and effort. I, I don't know what that is for somebody, for somebody relatively young, maybe that's 18 and just starting off. That may be you put in, you know, two to three years of, of hard work at, at 70 hours a week. And you, if you're in college, you know, this is something you've actually got a lot, access to a lot of mentors there, but be careful. There's a lot of charlatans there as well. Um, if you are in your, you know, your mid twenties or in your early thirties, at this point, you've got less time. Uh, or if you're in your forties or fifties, you've got less time. So this may be worth and you, but you also have oftentimes more resources. So at that point, you know, and it is something I think that you need to spend resource money on because you want it to be somewhat painful. You want it to be something that you, because if it's not, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to take it. You're going to take it for granted. You're not going to show up always prepared. Uh, whenever I'm hiring a coach or someone, you know, I'm paying 500 bucks an hour at that rate, you know, they better deliver the goods and I'm going to show up on time and ask good questions. It's been uh, so great talking to you, Antonio. I want to wrap today's talk up with the topic happiness. Uh, what brings you joy and really makes you happy in this life? You know, there's some very simple things. Accomplishing what I set out to accomplish. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't do this. They, they look at uh, what they didn't accomplish at the end of the day versus celebrating the small things, you know, the small wins. I, I, I'm really happy when I have a nice cup of coffee in the morning. Um, so that sometimes is enough to like get me motivated to wake up. I just, I, I give myself a really nice coffee with whipped cream on top. Um, maybe, you know, going out, I, I'm building a playhouse with my son and, uh, it's really, it feels good to, to see him, um, taking everything that I've worked, he, you know, he's, he's going to be 12 here soon and to see him, not only, you know, Bill helped me build this playhouse, but having woke up early and he, he followed his checklist of putting away the dishes, getting out the trash and all these things. So that brings me, you know, that brings me joy. I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy. And I find that if you keep your taste simple, um, you know, life, you know, you're going to be happy with, with things. I mean, I, and I do enjoy really cool things. Flying first class, 
you know, on, you know, what is it? Uh, you know, Virgin airline, you know, that that's pretty darn awesome. But, you know, and, and I'm this here in a week, I'm going to be going in with a bunch of buddies out in uh, Tennessee and we're going to be driving Ferraris and all this other stuff. That's cool. You know what? But my life will be fine without that stuff. Like I, you know, it's, it's really, if you keep your tastes simple and you keep your joys and you realize the best things in life are free. And, the, but the second best things in life, they're pretty darn expensive. So, you know, I, uh, I like the, uh, I, I just focus on the best things. And, you know, I, I really hope that entrepreneurs and business owners and, uh, anyone going down this journey remembers that because I see too many entrepreneurs that destroy their personal life, uh, because they, they're focused on the wrong ball. Great piece of advice, Antonio. What's the best way to find your line and connect with you? I've got a contact form at Real Men Real Style, which uh, I think Cal Newport wrote about in Deep Work. And I always like people to go through that because they get to see how I have a bit of fun and humor to get people uh, when they reach through me. And they have to jump through a few hoops. Nothing, nothing crazy, but that's probably the best way. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your journey with us, Antonio. You're welcome, Simon. Good talking with you. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.